0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. I'm Bob, and reading today from Spurgeon's Sermons on Sovereignty, by the way. I have to keep reminding you that all of this is available uh, on the Puritan hard drive. I call it the PhD. You can go to PuritanDownloads.com at the Still Waters Revival Books site and talk to them about getting your own PhD and having all of these things available to you all the time. Well, Spurgeon was talking about effectual calling, effectual calling, and he ended with these words, If it requires all the faith that you can summon and more, yet still hold on, for the promise of God will justify itself in the long run. If God bids you do a thing, though it should seem to be the greatest folly conceivable, yet do thou it, and the wisdom of God will glorify itself In your experience, I must still keep you for a few minutes longer, attentive to Abram's obedience. For I want to notice that while it involved much loss and required a vast amount of faith, yet it was based upon a very great promise, a promise most vast and unexampled. All were to be blessed who blessed him, and he was to become a blessing to the whole universe. Here is a strong inducement to obey if faith can but believe the promise true. And brethren and sisters, when we venture for Christ's sake to strike out into the path of separation and to walk by faith, what a multitude of promises we have to cheer us onward. Certainly I will be with you, he says. No good thing will I withhold from them that walk uprightly. Trust in the Lord, and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. He that believeth in him shall never be confounded. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. For all things are yours, and ye are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Behold, brethren, the crown which is held forth to you. It is no other than everlasting life. Behold your reward. It is the city whose gates are pearls and whose streets are gold. Your unrivalled portion is bliss ineffable, to be with Christ, to dwell with him in ecstatic bliss, world without end. Be of good courage, then, since for all you lose by following Jesus, you shall obtain a hundredfold in this life, and in the world to come, life everlasting. Be of good courage. If you forsake the world and lose friends for the truth's sake, you shall obtain the friendship of immortal spirits. Angels shall become your servitors, and the blood-washed shall be your brethren, Christ himself your friend, and God your Father. Onward you may well proceed, if you can but believe the promise true. You have everything to gain and that which you have to lose compared with it is less than nothing. The present light, affliction, incident to a godly life, is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in you. See then, brethren, and rejoice as you see it. If we have Abraham's difficulties, we also have Abraham's encouragements. Now, having thus shown you what this effectual calling is, and the obedience it brings, I would only remind you that Abram never stopped until he actually arrived at Canaan. And so a child of God, when effectually called by grace, never gets peace or rest until he lays hold on Jesus, and so by believing enters into rest. Abraham may be held up as an example to us in obeying the divine call, because he went at once. He did not pause to ask a single question. He was bidden to go to Canaan, and to Canaan he went. He did his work very thoroughly. He set out for Canaan, and to Canaan he came. Having once left Haran, he did, as it were, break down the bridge behind him. He had given up all thoughts of ever returning again. If he had wished to return, he could have done so, the the apostle tells us. But he had given up forever all his old associations. He was bound for the promised kingdom, and on to the kingdom and the unseen blessing would he speed. Oh, that God's Spirit may call every one of us after this same fashion, give us grace to be obedient in the same style, and to declare that if we had to give up all we have, and even life itself, yet without demur. It should be done, for Jesus leads the way. The poem says, The God of Abraham prays, at whose supreme command, From earth I rise and seek the joys at his right hand. I all on earth forsake, its wisdom, fame, and power, And him my only portion make, my shield and tower. He by himself hath sworn, I on his oath depend. I shall, on eagle's wings upborne, to heaven ascend. I shall behold his face. I shall his power adore, and sing the wonders of his grace for evermore. For a minute, I beg you to observe the difference between the Lord's effectual call and those common calls which so many receive. Brethren, there are many here, I, I fear me, who have been called to glory and immortality, but the calling was of man and by man. And perhaps some of us who are professors have been called not by the grace of God, but by the eloquence of a speaker or by the excitement of a revival meeting. Beware, I pray you, of that river whose source lies not at the foot of the throne of God. Take care of that salvation which does not take its rise in the work of God the Holy Ghost, for only that which comes from him will lead to him. The work which does not spring from eternal love will never land us in eternal life. The call of many men is such that when it comes to them they raise many questions as to whether they shall obey it or not the truth was earnestly and pathetically spoken and they cannot help feeling somewhat of its power but they they inquire what it involves and finding that to be a christian they must give up many of the things they love like like lot's wife and they look back and perish like pliable in pilgrim's progress they travel as far as the slough of despond But they like not the miry way, and therefore they scamper out on the side nearest home and go back again to the city of destruction. Many have I known who have had a call of a certain sort, who have tried to go to Canaan and yet to stop at Haran. They would fain serve God and yet live as they used to live. They think it possible to be a Christian and yet to be a servant of the world. They attempt the huge impossibility of yoking the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lion of the pit in the same chariot and driving through the streets of life therewith. Ah, sirs, the call which comes from God brings a man right out, while the call which only comes to your fleshly nature leaves us with the rest of mankind. And will leave us there to be bound up in the same bundle with sinners and cast into the same fire. Many come out of Egypt, but never arrive at Canaan. Like the children of Israel who left their carcasses in the wilderness, their hearts are not sound towards the Lord. Oh, they start fairly, but the taste of the garlic and the onions lingers in their mouths and holds their minds by Egypt's flesh pots still. Like the planets, they are affected by two impulses. One would draw them to heaven, but another would drive them off at a tangent to the world. And, and so they revolve like the mill horse without making progress, continuing still nominally to fear the Lord and yet to serve other gods practically and, and in their hearts. Beware, dear friends, of the call which makes you set out, but that does not lead you to hold out. Pray that this text may be true to you. They went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and to the land of Canaan they came. Do not be content with praying to be saved. Never be satisfied until you are saved. Do not be content with trying to believe and trying to repent. Come to Christ. And both repent and believe, and give no slumber to your eyelids until you are a penitent believer. Make a full and complete work of your believing. Strive not to reach the straight gate, but to enter it. For this you must have a call from the Lord of heaven. I can call you, as I have called many of you scores of times, and you have gone a little way, and you have bidden fair to go the the whole way, but... When your goodness has been as a morning cloud and as the early dew, it soon has been scattered and has gone. God grant you yet to receive the call of his eternal spirit that you may be saved. Now there are a few minutes remaining which I shall occupy by changing the subject. If our text may very well illustrate effectual calling, so may it picture final perseverance. They went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and to the land of Canaan they came. Well, this is true of every child of God who is really converted and receives the faith of God's elect. Oh, that miserable doctrine which says that the saints set out for Canaan but never reached the place. It is enough to make a believer's life a very hell upon earth. No matter how happy I might be, that doctrine would poison all my peace of mind. The doctrine which denies that the pilgrims to glory go from strength to strength until every one of them in Zion appeareth before God, but which teaches that sheep of Christ may be rent by the wolves, that the stones in the spiritual temple may be scattered to the four winds, that the members of Christ may be rent away from his sacred body, and that the spouse of Christ may be mutilated. It shocks my reason and my experience, my faith, my entire spiritual nature. I believe in the final perseverance of every man in whom the regenerating grace of God has wrought a change of nature. If he has been born of God, he cannot die. If the living seed is in him, the devil cannot destroy it, for it liveth and abideth forever. Because Christ lives, every believer who is one with Jesus must live also. We set forth then to the land of Canaan, and blessed be God to the land of Canaan we shall come. God has purposed it. He purposes that the many sons should all be brought to glory by the captain of their salvation. And hath he said it, and shall he not do it? We shall reach our resting place, for the armor-bearer who leads the way is no other than Jesus Christ, the covenant angel, mighty to save. We shall be preserved, for round about us is a wall of fire, and above us is the shield of the eternal and immutable, even of Jehovah whose love is everlasting. The way shall not weary us. He shall give us shoes of iron and brass. And as our days, so shall our strength be. The roughness of the road shall not cast us down. He'll bear us up upon eagles' wings. He'll give us angels' charge over us, lest we dash our foot against a stone. The arrows of hell shall not destroy us. For he gives us armor of proof. There shall be no evil befall us. The the snares of the devil shall not entrap us. For his wisdom shall surely make a way of escape out of every temptation that shall happen to his children. Glory be to God. It is not in the power of earth and hell put together to stop a single one of the Lord's pilgrims From reaching the celestial city. Who shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord? I am persuaded that he which hath begun a good work in you will carry it on. For the path of the just is as the shining light which shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Each object of his love is sure to reach the heavenly goal for neither sin nor Satan can destroy the blood-washed soul. Satan may vex and unbelief, the saved one may annoy, but he must conquer, yea, as sure as Jesus reigns in joy. The precious blood of God's dear Son shall ne'er be spilt in vain. The soul on Christ-believing must, with Christ, forever reign. As you turn over this text, I should like you to think of these three things. We have set forth for the land of Canaan. We know where we are going. Think much of your haven of rest. Study that precious scripture which reveals the new Jerusalem. Be familiar with angelic harps. Come yet unto the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Let your Sabbath contemplations be of the everlasting Sabbath, so soon to dawn. In the next place, we know why we are going. First, we know where, and then second, we know why. We're going to Canaan, because God has called us to go. He gives us strength to go, puts the life force within us that makes us tend upward towards the eternal dwelling place, the happy harbor. Of the saints. And thirdly, we know that we are going. That's another mercy. We do not hope we are going to heaven, but we know that we are going there. Christ is the road. The banner of love leads us. The fiery, cloudy pillar of providence directs us. The promise sustains us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. Of all this, we are confident. Blessed be God, we doubt not these things. Notice uh, two or three thoughts in this text worth remembering. They went forth. Uh, That's energetic action. Men are not saved while they are asleep. Uh, No riding to heaven on feather beds. They went forth to the land of Canaan. Well, that's intelligent perception. They knew what they were doing. Uh, They did not go to work in a blundering manner, nor not understanding their drift, we we must know Christ if we would be found in him. It must be given us to look to him and trust to him, understanding what is meant by so doing. Men are not to be saved through the blindness of an ignorant superstition. They went forth to the land of Canaan, and to the land of Canaan they came. Firm resolution. They could put up with rebuffs, but they would not be put off from their resolves. Uh, They meant Canaan. And Canaan they would get. He that would be saved must take heaven by violence. To the land of Canaan they came. Perfect perseverance. He that endureth to the end of the same shall be saved. And not a spurt and a rest, but constant running wins the race. All these thoughts cluster around the one idea, final perseverance, which the text brings out. But ah, dear friends, how many there are who set out to go to Canaan, but into Canaan uh, they come not. Some are stopped by the first depression of spirits that they meet with, like pliable. They they run home with the mud of despond on their boots. Others turn aside to self-righteousness. They follow the directions of Mr. Worldly Wise Man. They resort to Dr. Legality or Mr. Civility, and Sinai falls upon them and crushes them. Some turn to the right hand with hypocrisy, thinking that to pretend to be holy will be as good as being so. Others go on the left hand to formality, imagining that sacraments and outward rites will be as effectual as inward purity and the work of the Spirit in their hearts. Many fall down the silver mine where Demas broke his neck. Hundreds get into Despair's castle and leave their bones there, because they will not trust Christ and so obtain eternal life. Some go far, apparently, but like ignorance they never go, really. And when they come to the river they perish at the very last. Some, like Turn Away, become apostates and are dragged away by the back door to hell after all their professions. Some are frightened by the lions. Some are tempted by Bypath Meadow. Some would be saved, but they must make a fortune. Many would be saved, but they cannot bear to be laughed at. Some would trust Christ, but they cannot endure his cross. Many would wear the crown, but they cannot bear the labor by which they must attain to it. Ah, ye sons of men, you will turn aside to Madame Wanton and to Madame Bubble. You will be bewitched with this and that and the other, which ensures your destruction. But the beauties of the glorious Savior, the lasting joys, the real happiness, which he has to give, these are too high for you, they are above you and you reach not after them. Or if you seek them for a while, the dog returns to his vomit, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. The stone thrown up mounts not to heaven, for the attraction of earth brings it back again. Oh, that God would be pleased to send grace into our hearts from his own self, that we too might set out In the spirit of humility, in confidence in Christ, in the power of the Spirit, to the land of Canaan, and to the land of Canaan may we truly come, and the Lord shall have the praise. Amen. Taken from the Metropolitan Tabernacle Pulpit, Volume 14, pages 661 to 672. Thank you for being with us today. I have other things on the site, if and when you have time. Lots and lots of of audios, uh, 2,800 right now, I think. Several great men of God are here with their stories and their works, excuse me, their their words. North Korea audios, 800 altogether. Quran is here, Mohammed, the study of both. Study of Bible prophecy, end time prophecy. We go through the Bible a couple times. There's commentaries. We have books galore. Now, 51, 52. I keep losing count myself of how many books are there. Um, you can browse through all those titles right there. If you click on store, you can get any title you want for a dollar on at Amazon. Or for $10, I'll give you all of them on a CD, two CD set. If you will just click on give, and then $10. Facebook, you can go to my timeline. Uh, I'm not always on there. I've taken a little break from it recently because I realize that Facebook is not a serious thing sometimes. It's dangerous. But if you want to learn a little more about uh, yours truly, you can go to my timeline there. Go to criesfromamongus.com for my blog, for YouTube, and Bob from Hackberry House. Just type that in. And men on... Uh, Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time, we have a men's Zoom meeting. Contact me by email with a little of your testimony. If you have Zoom or are able or willing to get it on your phone or computer, and I'll send you an email right back with the link to the meeting. And this is the Hackberry House of Chosun. Lord willing, we get to talk again real soon. Bye-bye.